The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to an all new episode. I hope you had a good week. This week marks the first anniversary of our coronavirus lockdown, quarantine, whatever you want to call it. It's pretty bleak, but happy anniversary. This episode, I want to talk about a current event that happened this week that feels very near and dear to my heart because I've been a Meghan Markle stan since the inception of her and Harry's courtship, but they made history this week when they sat down and talked to Oprah. So I want to unpack all of that today, but I'm not going to do it alone because I have my dear friend, Taylor Strecker here to do it all with me. Hey girl. Hey, hey girl. Hey, <laughs> hey girl. Hey. Oh, I'm honored to be back and talking about this. I'm so excited. I have all of the thoughts. I actually just did a taste of Taylor, my podcast also with Dear Media. We're like friends and we're also like family. <laughs> and I did a breakdown of the interview from Sunday with Oprah with Megan and Harry with my friend Mackenzie Green. She's amazing. She it has just such a unique perspective on all things, you know, pop culture and world. So go check that out for sure. Yes. Um, when you're done listening to this episode, please and thank you. Oh, I have so many thoughts because I just feel like, I feel like everything having to do with like the public perception and everything regarding Megan and Harry has been a very gross extrapolation. So this was like finally their moment to be like, this is like our story. This is our truth, yes. whether you like yes. it or not. And, you know, ever since then, you know, there's been a lot of opinions, a lot of memes that I've gotten a kick out of, but starting from the beginning, I mean, first of all, Oprah is the queen and I don't, I didn't forget it, but it was just, was a nice, like healthy reminder just that she is the queen. What did you make of when Megan said that she didn't Google Harry? Okay. So this is interesting because I went in like a stand like you. So I actually full disclosure, cause I've gotten a couple DMS from like longtime listeners that are like, uh, okay, bitch, when did you like fall in love with Meghan Markle? And I'm like, I'm a person and I'm allowed to change my mind and evolve. I just wasn't into the royal family for a long time. Like I was like, I don't get it. I'm not British. Like, of course, Princess Diana is Princess Diana. She's iconic. Yeah. But I was never like, I am deeply not into Kate Middleton. I'm deeply anti-Kate Middleton. And I always have been. But again, to be fair, I was always not into the royal family and then truth through Stassi, I actually learned to stand Meghan Markle because when we were on tour, Meghan Markle was like a part of the tour. She was on the literal set. And so I was like, what is with you and Meghan Markle? And so she would break it down for me. So I started to understand why Meghan was so great and like deserved, you know, respect and admiration and standship. But for me, when Megxit started to come out like in the papers and stuff and, you know, on the internets, if you will, articles written about it, that's when I was like, oh, I fucks with Meghan yeah. and Harry because like all of us do, especially me, I'm a deep narcissist and I love to project my life onto situations <laughs> with famous people. So I was like, oh, this I can relate to because it's about being in a family where you have no voice. You are silenced. There are rules. There, there are double standards. And you don't benefit from any of those rules or double standards. And that was what it felt like when I was in my marriage. And so 
that's when I started to get really invested. And so I was like, so team Megan, so deeply biased going into this interview. But I will say, because I was so there for Megan, and I knew there were going to be haters afterwards. And you know, I was like, it was going to piss me off. And it does piss me off still. But there was something about the very beginning of that when Oprah started with the did you Google him? And I felt like, damn it, girl, for real, like, I know I wouldn't be able to do that. And it's not fair to project ourselves onto Megan because we're not her and we don't really know. There was like maybe two or three things that I was like, oh, uh, and that was like the number one glaring one was I was like, I almost just wished that she had been like more like, yeah, I didn't Google him, but like, I knew him. I read about him in tablets. Like, I wish there was a little bit more of that. Cause I feel like that like off the bat was allowing the haters to be like, she's not being authentic. And I'm like, shit, shit, shit. I agree with that. Like, yes. But I don't think she wanted to be like, well, like, I mean, of course I knew things. He's like, arguably one of the most high profile people in the world. I mean, like how much Googling do you need yes. to do? You know, like she, like, you don't even need you to know everything you need to know. And if she's going to be going out on a date with him, it's like, okay, I'm not going to go searching for information, you know, and, and what, how true is this information that I'm going to go and find? find because the only way you can really get to know a person is to sit down and have a conversation with them. And that's going to be the real important stuff that you can't find on the internet. And you're right. I mean, the truth is I'm not really like a social media or internet spy. Like my fiance is, she can find <laughs> anything about anybody in two seconds. It's psychotic, <laughs> but I'm not somebody who like, I don't really Google people. I just, I like, don't really do the research, which is probably why sometimes I'm bad at my job. But like, I understand being like, no, I'm not like a Googler. So I think she was being truthful, but I'm just saying when she said it, I was like, ah, oh, cause I just felt like, damn it. Anybody who's coming in, like Bethany Frankel, who's watching yeah. this right now and fuck you, <laughs> Bethany Frankel deeply. But I'm like, Bethany Frankel's gonna be like, she's not authentic. I knew it. Like, I just almost felt like, and I don't know what I wanted her to say that, you know what I'm saying? But I knew when she said it, I was like, fuck man, people are gonna use this against her. And I didn't want anyone to have anything to use against her. But the truth is, if people are dead set on not being on her side, they'll find any reason, right? So for me, it wasn't an issue, but I got like, I was like, you know, wanting to protect my girl. And I was like, oh girl, I don't know if you should have said that that way, but ultimately- but use your head. I mean, like really, does she need to Google him? And what if she just wanted to go, I know what, I know enough. I know what everybody else knows, you know, like I know who his mom is. I know that like there's already enough information out there. Like, what is she going to Google? And then what go into it with all of these things in her head and be in her head and thinking things that may be true, might not be true. Then trying to maybe like subtly bring things up. And then he's going to be like, okay, did you Google me before? Like, why do you know this? Why are you asking about this? And be, you like know, giving your ex-girlfriend lacrosse stats. Yeah. But I mean, then, then we also have the people who are, you know, calling her out saying, you know, how did you not know what you were getting yourself into? You know, you're marrying into the royal family. How did you not know what that was going to be like? Well, first of all, when she was finally speaking her truth and Harry, by the way, in that special, I think we all went, oh my God, I guess being a princess isn't all. <laughs> I didn't know that they take your fucking phone and your fucking uh, your passport and your keys. They take everything. I have never heard that. And I would have never even imagined it. So I feel like, didn't we all learn about the royal family through that interview? So how could we say to her, how could you not know? We don't know. I think it's, again, like, 
it's not something you can just Google. I mean, I, I guess I kind of know what a doctor does, but until you're actually on the job doing the damn thing, like you don't know, I could explain to people exactly like how my job works and what I do, but you don't really know how it works until you're in it until you like, you know, what it feels like. You just can't. And there's, you know, there's a lot of secrets and things that go on behind the scenes that you don't know about that there's no way you can prepare for. I mean, honestly, like I grew up in a like upper middle class town and my dad's a doctor. So I grew up like with privilege and affluence, but not like New York City wealth. And when I moved to New York City and I was dating and I, you know, I did a bunch of guys from the tri-state area. I did a guy from Manhattan. I did a guy from Greenwich. And then I ended up dating a guy from Northern New Jersey who was my now husband. (laughs) But like, it's really gossip girl, especially husband. Like he went to um, school in the city and like all of his friends, like, it was almost felt like I was hanging out like with a high school crew when I was with them. Cause like they were all friends since they were like in middle school, wow. but like New York city was their playground. Like imagine in high school being like, Oh, I get to like go to marquee. Like that was their reality. And I remember thinking like, Oh my, I grew up in the burbs, you know, like I could not go out in Boston. They were super tight with IDs, but like I'm bringing this up because yeah, I knew he was from a rich family, but I could have never fully understood what that was like until I was literally in it. And then I was, like rut row I thought this would just be fun and vacation I didn't realize that there was like other stuff that went along with money you know what they say you marry for money not that I married for money but I also didn't not marry money you marry for money you pay for it that's that's the saying take it up a notch so my husband's family was just rich they weren't powerful and famous and wealthy you know what I mean like they were I mean money of course power they go hand in hand but like they weren't international global celebrities or like royal figureheads. I mean, you can't even begin to understand. All right. We're going to take a little bit of break to talk about our health. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you've heard me talk about ritual vitamins, which I love. I've been taking for some time now. I've been taking the multivitamins for a few years, recently started taking the prenatal, but let me tell you why I love ritual. Well, first of all, I believe that we deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why especially when it comes to something we take every day. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamins is formulated with high-quality nutrients and bioavailable forms your body can actually use. And what you're not going to find are sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, and artificial colorants. Plus, the fresh taste and delayed-release capsule design make taking your vitamins easy. So you can take them in the morning, which is what I like to do. You can take them on an empty stomach, and it's not going to make you have a tummy ache or make you feel nauseous, which sometimes happens. Let's face it. Like the multivitamin has a nice like freshy mint taste, and the prenatal has a nice citrusy taste, which just makes them you know go down nice and easy. But Ritual is also made traceable. So you'll you'll always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. And Ritual is designed with your life stage in mind. So it's now available for women, men, and teens. Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support different life stages. Isn't that wonderful and ritual makes healthy habits easy your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always you can start snooze or cancel your subscription anytime if you don't love ritual within your first month they'll refund your first order 
Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash love me to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash love me and start your ritual today. All right, let's get back to the episode. Hi, I'm Dom Roberts, a designer, creative, and activist living in Los Angeles. This is The Uncomfortable Podcast, a show where I speak with new friends, fellow activists, and guests all united and passionate about different injustices or just generally uncomfortable topics. It's time to dig deep into the human experience, and that's on period. It's all love. Let's get uncomfortable. She didn't just marry into a family. She married into an institution, into a freaking the firm. A monarch, the a firm, firm, a business, you know, something like history that you can't even imagine. I don't care what history, you know, what you think, you know, and also, you know, she couldn't have prepared herself for being accepted and, you know, and not being accepted the way she wasn't, you know. She also kind of said, though, with Harry, like, and she, I mean, she didn't call him out, but she was like, I mean, it was Harry's job to prepare her because he was the one that knew it and lived in it. Now, one could say he had blinders on yes, because he was so in it. So maybe he didn't. It's like he said, like, I was trapped and didn't realize it until somebody came in and opened my eyes up. I think he was cautiously optimistic, maybe at best. <laughs> well, you know, and also I think we tend to wear rose colored glasses when it comes to our families and, you know, maybe like we hope for the best, but I feel like the fact that he didn't like explain to her, like you have to curtsy until they were literally like there. That's wild to me. Like, and, and, and she was like, I would have thought the same thing. Like, oh, that's like an outside for the camera curtsy thing. I wouldn't think that it was like meeting your grandma the first time a private thing. Like imagine if when I met Taylor's grandma, she was like, you have to curtsy. <laughs> I mean, no, granted Taylor's grandma's not the queen of England, but you know what I mean? It's just like, like, like little stuff like that. I felt like for anyone to be like, how could she not have known? Well, did you fucking know, Brenda? Did you fucking know, Tina? No, you fucking didn't. Because we're sitting here, mouths agape going, oh my God, that's crazy. So if we didn't know, then how could Meghan Markle necessarily know? She knew fame a little bit, but she didn't know royalty. Plus we're No, American. but there's some people uh, like on the internets that want to be like, I knew that. How could she have not? And like, uh, like... Well, good for you. Why didn't Harry tell her? Yeah, why didn't he? Yeah, but that's not her fault. That's Harry's fault. Exactly, but everything has to be the woman's fault. Her problem and her fault, you know, down to them leaving the family. So, and then then they talked about how they did like a secret wedding days before, but I I read something else that, that, that didn't happen. It was just an exchange of vows. There was a couple. Okay, that was the other point. So you asked, like, that, that, that was another thing that I was like, mm, damn it. Because when she said it, I thought that's going to be the thing that people take and they run with. Because you definitely know this through living your life in the public eye. I know it through not really me, but through, like, covering celebrity news for so long and being in this industry for so long. I'm like... You know, and like also I have friends in positions where they are public figures. And so like I hear like them like make statements or have interviews or things like that. So I was almost like watching, even though I do not know Meghan Markle and she is not my friend, I was watching like she was my friend. And like there was a couple of things I was like, oh, I wish she didn't say that because <laughs> other people are gonna take that and run. Not yeah. that I think that there's anything wrong with it, but that was another thing that I was like, fucking a man people are gonna fixate on that and they are and for me and 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 it's like well yeah we're all like i as somebody who's been married i got a marriage license before i was actually married so like that's kind of like well yeah that happens and also 
I think her point was that like her and Harry they wanted to have their own special things. And when you're in the royal family... She said the, the, the wedding that we all saw was for the world. They wanted something that was just for them. Which was really sweet of her to say. It was like... And it was also... It was it was a good look for Harry. You know, and she... It's her husband. She loves him. She wants him to... You know, she loves him. She wants the world to love him. So I think that was like a sweet thing that she shared. But I think that the way that she was like... And the, no one knows that we had our own private ceremony. I think that it's like... I felt like people were going to fixate on that. Like, that was like a... Like she was putting too much importance on it or something. And like, I want to be very clear. These were like fleeting reactions I had. It was like, a, just like a little gut punch. Like I was like, oh, I wish she hadn't shared that because I feel like people are going to try to use that against her. I want to be super clear. Like I support everything. They're going to use everything against her and, and nothing against her as they have, you know, and, you know, and that's, and that's the frustrating part of all of this over how many years um, reading just, article after article and when they compared the headlines with like her and Kate, just just the way the press portrays women, portrays Megan, you know, in the media and the and people don't understand that, you know, they, they've kind of talked about it in the interview that there is a bit of a relationship and a courtship between the royal family and the press that they host, you know, events for press. And that's why, you know, they have certain stories and they're, they're, they're a bit tailored. They're, they're, they're doctored. And I don't know why people don't understand that. Well, and that's the too is that my takeaway from that there's a relationship between the palace and the royal family, whatever, the firm and the press says to me that, you know, basically they control the narrative. So why are they controlling such a nasty narrative for Megan and protecting every other member? And don't even get me started about Prince Andrew. Like, just the blatant double standard, not even double standard. It's like, it's like protecting a criminal, allegedly. I'm saying allegedly, but I believe he is. His best friend was fucking Epstein. Are you kidding me? I saw a tweet today where someone had posted like a, a massive headline that was like, the biggest royal crisis in 85 years and someone had posted it and they're like not to nitpick but um prince andrews was buddying up to a pedophile going on vacations with like underage girl like uh i don't think like that's a massive issue and it's still hanging over their heads exactly. i mean it's not done yet i mean but i mean they're just using their power and their influence to stop the narrative but even like with the queen's apology, it's like, we're going to handle this privately. So what's handled privately and what's handled publicly? So Harry and Meghan are not only handled publicly, they're handled publicly with lies. Meanwhile, everybody else is handled privately and their truths are covered up. That's some bullshit, it is girl. Such I am bullshit. and angry. As, you know, especially when Meghan is going to people in the firm and saying, listen, I'm really struggling. I'm struggling mentally. I'm, I'm having a really hard time. I need help. And they're like, sorry. Yeah, that sucks for you. But like, we can't really have our hands in this one. I was very, very triggered watching certain parts. That was personally. that, that was one really really was hard. Like Stassi and I both looked at each other with like tears in our eyes. And I'm just like, I mean, I could have guessed it was shocking, but not super surprising that, you know, to hear that from her, given how harsh and critical they were of her. This is what it does to a person. Like she's still a human being. 
And that's the thing too, is that when you're in that situation where you're being silenced, you're being told like your opinions are wrong. They don't matter. That's called gaslighting. And it doesn't just happen with fuck boys. Okay. It happens with, <laughs> it can happen with families. It can happen with in-laws. It can happen in friendships. It's just like, you're in this family. You're so lucky to even be here. Shut up and, you know, figure it out on your own. Like that loneliness and that like, like you have nowhere to go and you have nobody, you have nobody helping you. And I mean, like, of course she was suicidal. I mean, that's a really dark place to be in when you get the courage to ask for help and no one wants to even give you the bare minimum of what a human deserves. I mean, it's just un fucking believable, but also believable. This is what happens in families that are, they're in a family business together. There's a lot of wealth. It's generational wealth too. That's important too. The generational, because what happens is a cycle of abuse can occur, like emotional abuse is what I'm talking about. And that's kind of what Megan was describing where it's like, well, Queen Elizabeth was mistreated. So then she may, she maybe was unfair to Prince Charles who then passed that down to his children. It's like, rather than like when you're in your generation of being like held under the thumb of somebody and you're like, oh my God, this sucks. It's terrible. I would never do this to somebody. It's wild how you have two paths to go. You either, it's like they say like alcoholics, right? An alcoholic's child either becomes an alcoholic or like doesn't touch the stuff. There's kind of not that many in-betweens, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm speaking out of turn, I apologize. But like, that's just like what, you know, I have heard in conversations with people. So the same goes for something like this, right? Either you're like, this system is flawed. I'm suffering in this system. I am going to change the system when it's my turn. But a lot of times, even with that, like even with that experience, even with that empathy, because you've lived through it, it's like, well, fuck it. I survived it. You'll survive it. Yeah. And it's my, now my turn to put this on you. So I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to boss you around. It's really fucking cycle of abuse. Wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think that's what's going on there. Is I think that there's cycles of abuse. And it's like, it's interesting because I feel like Harry now puts Queen Elizabeth on a pedestal. But I feel like Charles probably felt like he was abused like emotionally by Queen Elizabeth. But like now, you know, I, like I, it's like it skips a generation. It's like hair lines. We're right. (laughs) All right. I got to interrupt this episode because there's something I got to say. If your go-to outfit in 2020 was sweatshirts or yoga pants, you may be feeling like you are in a style rut. Well, it is 2021 now and let Stitch Fix get you out of that rut and feel good about what you're wearing. Stitch Fix offers clothing hand-selected by expert stylists for your unique size, style, and budget. It's a completely different and fun way to find clothes that you will love to wear. Every piece is chosen for your fit and your life, and it's the easy solution to finding what makes you look and feel your best. Try on pieces at home before you buy, keep what you love, and return what you don't. Stitch Fix has free shipping, easy returns and exchanges, and a prepaid return envelope is included. There's no subscription required, so try Stitch Fix once or set up automatic deliveries. You'll pay just a $20 styling fee for each box, which gets credited towards pieces you keep, and there's no hidden fees ever. Stitch Fix has styles and clothing to fit any occasion for women, men, and kids, and they ship all over the U.S. and available in the U.K. as well. I have been really, really happy 
with all my fixes. So get started today at stitchfix.com slash love me and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash love me for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. Stitchfix.com slash love me. All right, let's get back to the episode. They definitely were very cautious and careful to make sure that they spoke very highly of the queen. Obviously, obviously. Do you think that that was bull? I mean, not that they're bold. It's just like that they're protecting themselves. I, you know, I believe that there was, they were genuine in that because Megan was very cautious in her, you know, wording when discussing Kate. She was, you know, didn't, didn't want to say anything. I, I think she was being as truthful as possible. You know, she was trying to be respectful, but also she had to, she had to tell her side of things and she kept using the word disparaging, but you know, wanting to, wanting to get her side of things out there. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly what was said. Oh, when she said, do you feel that you were welcomed or it was, it looked the way it was between you and Kate. And she said, I feel like I was accepted by everyone. <laughs> you know, it was like, she kind of was like, she sort of glossed over it. Isn't it amazing when people are telling their truth, how they have to be so delicate and so concerned about everyone's feelings when behind closed doors, those same respects were not given to her. You know what I'm saying? Like, it really is wild the way that even when you're a victim in the situation, you still feel like it's your job to protect the person who victimized you. It's sick and twisted. Like, that was the thing. Like, and she did say, if you love Kate, you don't have to hate me. And if you love me, you don't have to hate Kate. And, you know, I liked that message. But at the same time, I, as somebody who hates Kate, <laughs> like, I was like, wait a second. Now I'm a little confused. So, is Kate part of the problem or was Kate just like not like sticking up for you? Like was Kate like on a scale of one to 10, how much of an aggressor was Kate or how much were you victimized by Kate specifically? And I know we're not going to get those answers from her, but like to be a fly on the wall, like what, what, what's your gut telling you? How bad is Kate? Or is she, is she stuck in that cycle of abuse? Is she a victim? I think she's stuck in the cycle as well and allowed stories and, you know, lies to perpetuate at Megan's expense and at her benefit for sure. But do you think that Kate was like, excuse me, HR, she goes to HR in the palace and she's like, <laughs> that story is actually not true about Megan making me cry. I, I made Megan cry. I apologize. So maybe, you know, can we just get this, this story taken away? And like, but then the firm or whoever HR is or whatever, it's like, so then is that person like, actually that's a no for us because HR is not British for some reason. Or was Kate like loving those stories? Did she read the stories and she felt like, like, that's not true. And she went to somebody and said, like, change it. And they were like, no. And Kate has no power either. So that's like one thing it could be. Then there's a middle ground where Kate's just like, oh, that just came out and it's not true, but I don't really care. And then there's a really bad place for Kate where that comes out. Or actually, then maybe it could come out and she <laughs> she doesn't care, but she's like kind of like sneaky, like ha ha happy, like, oh, because everyone will love me more. And then there's a really bad scenario where like, Kate got together with somebody and was like, let's release this and like make her look bad. There's like three tiers it could be. I feel like it's a combination of all of them, to be honest. I feel really? like, I don't think like it's the bladder that started it all, but I think it started, you know, it happened. She didn't say anything. You know, there was conversations where she was like, well, it didn't really happen like that. But then as it kept going on, she, maybe there was other conversations. She's like, well, oh, well. I'm not the bad guy in this situation, so I'm okay. 
I don't know. Do you think that she was as diabolical, to use Pierce Morgan's word, fuck you, Pierce Morgan. Oh, God. Like, is there a world in which she was diabolical and she was like working with the palace to perpetuate I don't think, I don't think, no. You don't think so? I don't think so. As much as like, I'm not a, I'm not a Kate fan. I don't think it came like from her to be like, let's go with this angle. I don't think so. I think, okay. I, I feel like she just kind of just went along with everything and didn't speak up, you know. Because she was herself scared to stand up to. I think, you know, she's been in, in, the, in this part of this family, this firm, institution, whatever. And she just kind of is like conditioned and knows like, you just put up or, you know, shut up and this is how it goes. And, you know, she's married to, you know, someone who's going to be the future King and has to just, I feel like she has more pressure on her than Megan does. Then fine. I want to retract saying I hate Kate. (laughs) I don't like her, but maybe, maybe she is also a victim in this as well. Well, that's what I was trying to read off of Megan. Harry himself says like, you know, people get trapped. You know, they don't make that choice. They're born into it and they just, their lives are kind of chosen and decided for them. And none of them want to break the cycle. So, well, from what I experienced when I was, you know, a part of a system that I didn't understand, like, you know, family business and generations of wealth and all that stuff, was that there's definitely people who are stuck in it who are definitely being victimized by it as well. You know, it's not just outsiders. Like, there are people who are in it, born into it that, probably don't really like it and they see it, but again, shut up and put up. It's just, it's just the path of least resistance is the path that they go. And does that make them bad people? Absolutely not, you know, but there are definitely people in the system, in the firm, if you will, who are benefiting and, you know, wielding that power and not taking anybody else's feelings into consideration. There are, there are, people who are active participants who aren't horrible people. And then there are people in it who are genuinely horrible and are perpetuating the lies and, and, and you know, putting out the bad stories for their personal gain and stepping yeah. on people to yes, get ahead. Absolutely. So there's definitely bad guys, but there's not, but not everybody in it is a bad guy, which, so my point is like, so where do Kate and William fall? And who is the bad guy? Is it Prince Charles? Like that's what I walked away with. The worst part of the interview and shocking yet also not surprising was that conversation that they brought up of Archie and them speaking about how there was um, not just conversation, but concerns that they spoke of, of. About how dark he would be. Of how dark his skin would be. Not just casual conversations of like, oh, I wonder what he'll look like, but concerns over it, which is disgusting. And Oprah the next morning said to Gail King that that Meghan and Harry wanted to make sure that they said that it was said that it wasn't the queen and it wasn't Prince Philip. Philip. Yep. They were adamant about Oprah sharing that information. It almost seems like Harry forgot to mention it in the interview. If it wasn't the family and it was someone in the institution, I think feel like they would have just been like, it was the institution. That's why it makes me feel like it might be Prince Charles because Harry, you know, the way he kind of was referring to his dad and speaking of his dad, like what, what would have happened that would have been so bad that there would have been a riff and he would have been so disappointed and sad and, and have the strain on their relationship if there wasn't something like that, that could have happened. I know. I was having a conversation on my radio show. I almost was like getting like the cliff notes to the Royal Family because I don't really, I know a little, but not a ton. I didn't watch The Crown. And 
who I was on with on my radio show, Mackenzie, who's also on Taste of Taylor, because she's kind of like, she's an unofficial royal expert, if you will. And she was saying how there are conspiracy theories that Prince Charles, once he is, you know, once the queen passes, which is never going to happen, she is literally cryogenically <laughs> frozen every single night and then they defrost her. But that once he's in power, that there are people that speculate that he's going to be like, I'm not a regular king, I'm a Google king. And he's going to kind of get rid of all this pomp and circumstance. However... After hearing what Harry and Meghan had to say, I actually think that that's, that that's a conspiracy theory that's never going to come true. I think he's a big problem. I think things are going to take a turn for the worse with him. I mean, I just, power. I think this whole interview, you know, just completely lifted the veil and everyone is just like, what the fuck is happening over there? And they're all like freaking out. And they should freak out. And you know what? This is the thing is, when people want to be secretive and people want to, you know, be cloak and dagger and people don't want you to tell your side of the story, there is something wrong. Someone is benefiting. And if you're the one being told to be quiet, it's not you. And people only tell people to be fucking quiet and don't repeat this when they're doing something that they don't want people when to know got, about. When they've got so, something to hide that could be damaging. Yeah. Exactly. So, or they don't want systems to change because then like it wouldn't benefit them. Like for example, i.e. money, right? Like the royal family doesn't want the Commonwealth to know that they're not doing dick because they want to keep making money off of taxpayers. It's that simple. But something that blew my mind is like when people have a reaction to, you know, Kate and Harry and it's like, well, why would they talk? It's like, why are they not allowed to talk? I don't understand that. Why are they not allowed to tell their side of the story? And it's almost like some people have this idea of like, it's kind of like snitches get stitches, you know, or it's kind of like, oh my God, they're like talking shit about the royal family. It's like, they're no, they were kicked out of the royal family. No one has been reporting properly for the last two years. And so they're like, listen, we now know Oprah because we live in Santa Barbara and she's our fucking friend and she's the best. So maybe it's our turn to share our side of the story. I don't understand this. Like, again, a double standard of like, well, we can hear the palace side through the press all these times. Like, and it's so clearly slanted, but they had to leave because they were not protected. Megan was suicidal. It was not a good or healthy situation for them. And then their son wasn't going to have protection or security. Like, why would they stay? Why is it? Why is that so hard for people to understand? Wouldn't you do the most for your family as well? And so they left. And also, and so they were dealing with racism. Racism. And she's a biracial woman. Yes, I mean, hello, there's so many reasons why. But even still, despite that, they didn't choose to leave. Megxit, and of course, even in that name, Megxit, right? It's all Megan's fault. This is something I really want to say very loudly. Guess what, everyone? Guess what doesn't happen? A wife comes into a family or a woman. She's dating a brother, let's say. You know, let's just say. She's dating a brother, she comes in. The brother wants to propose to her. They get engaged, then they get married. And then, you know, families start fighting. And then everybody says everything was fine until she came in here. Yeah, you know what a new bride wants to do? She's just fucking dying to get that guy. She wants to come into this family and she wants to fuck everything up. It is like so unbelievable. That like has to stop. Like this idea of like, my brother is dating this girl and she is ruining our whole family. If your family is that weak, then there were problems before. It cannot be this girl's fault. It's not Megan's fault. It's not her fault. It's not 
this one's fault. It's not my fault. It's not. It's, you can't come in and one person destroy. No, a the writings were on the wall. Hello, look at everything that happened. There's there's truckloads of receipts as to what was going on, and it was. This has been generations. Like if you watch The Crown, you know, like Philip, you know, wasn't allowed to marry the person that he loved because of pomp and circumstance. Like it's just. Like, oh, look at what shit. look at what happened to Harry's mom. Why wouldn't he take his wife and kid and get the fuck out of there? Like they were. But that's the thing. Despite that, they still were trying to play ball. Exactly. They moved to no. Canada. What Harry and Meghan were trying to do is they were trying to find a compromise. Like we can't stay here, but we are still wanting to be involved. So we're gonna we're gonna respectfully move to a Commonwealth. We just need a little distance. We need like a time out. We need to put our rackets down. But like we don't want out. And you know what the message was that was to them? No. It's either all or nothing. And I've been in situations of it's all or nothing with no rhyme or reason, no logic whatsoever. And it's like, listen, I mean, I chose in my situation, fine, then fucking nothing. Burn it to the ground, I'm out. That's like what I chose. But Megan, actually, I have respect for Megan and Harry. They really tried fucking hard to find some common ground. And then they got kicked out because they didn't follow the rules exactly however the quote-unquote firm wanted and and then the story is, is that they left and they're so disrespectful it's just it's the injustice is beyond the giving up everything giving up money having you know like getting cut off financially security. financial security and also like yes safety security, security. yeah like yes. that's that's a huge sign that like things were really not okay this this wasn't trying to prove anything other than like we just need to like make sure we're okay. You know, what's interesting? A lot of time in wealthy families, there is like, and I have a lot of friends who are, you know, you would think that they're lucky because they're born into money, but it's golden handcuffs. That's a phrase for a reason. And a lot of time, parents, grandparents' favorite game to play is if you don't do what I want, it could be something small, it could be something big. If you don't do what I want, you are cut off, right? That's the game that they play. And it's a fucked up game. But the thing that was so crazy was they kind of did that with Harry. Like, oh, then you don't have your job. You don't get an income. But to cut off security is so, it's beyond. Because I, I don't agree with it, but I there are families that well, work that way. If you don't do what I want you to do, you don't get this job at, this, at the family company anymore. I'm going to give it to somebody else in the family. And I guess technically that's their right. And it's like, fine, then, you know, you decide what's more important, that family role or for your freedom, right? So whatever. But I feel like what should never happen to family is a family member saying, oh, well, we disagree. And so I'm taking away your safety. Money and safety are kind of different things. In this situation, like I was talking to a friend about the the security issue because they were like, they were harping on the security. And I was like, no, 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 this is the deal. In America, if you are ever the president, if you are a family member of the president, you get secret service forever. Our tax paying dollars go to, I had soul cycle classes with Chelsea Clinton. She always had detail with her, always. And if you are a fucking prince, you should have security and your significant other and your offspring forever. Regardless of if you have a quote unquote job with the family, that should be, that. that is a necessity. It is. Period. So that made me fucking angry. Clearly I'm triggered and very, very into this. I know, me too. I could talk about this forever, but I do have to wrap it up but it's been a powder keg of emotions and just everything you know even pierce morgan had to quit his fucking job because he just do you think he quit i'm just glad that he <laughs> he's gone i don't care how he went gone he needs that to go was away. i mean it was epic good on that other um correspondent for just 
finally sticking it to him because it was enough was enough with that fool, you know? Can I ask you a question, Katie? Do you know, like, what? Because I know his co-host Alex, like, brought up the fact that Pierce and Megan had had a personal relationship and she cut him off. Do you know anything about that? I don't know. I see on Daily Mail, he, like, writes pieces or articles and, you know, he had written about it. And I remember reading it. It was a while back, maybe a year ago. And it was, yeah, something to something to that degree. And he was very bitter about it. And ever since then, it, it was just, like, constant bashing. It just, it just reminds you of like a boyfriend that you break up with or break his heart. And it just from then on, it's just smearing the name, using all their energy just to like bash you and take you down. And it's just like, get over it. <laughs> like, yeah. move on. Why are you so obsessed with Why Pierce so Morgan? Obsessed? But, well, do you have any um, a rage text to the day? I mean, I know you, you're very incensed by this. I have one I'll share. It's not related to this. I don't know if I'm just like extra like pissy or petty this week, but this is just something that came to my mind this morning. So my would go to people that have cats that say, mm, but my cat's really more like a dog, which is like every person that has a cat. I don't know why, but like, shut up. No, it's not. There's no cat that's like a dog. I'm sorry. There's just, there's no <laughs> comparison. And I love cats. I do, but like, and I have a lot of friends and like, I don't mean to offend anyone, but like still just shut up. Well, so cat people are always trying to argue why cats are just as good as dogs. So then why would you say my cat's so great? It's like a dog. You know what I mean? They're just completely different animals. But when they're just like, yeah, but my cat's like so much more like a dog. And I'm like literally watching it. I'm like, no, not even close. My pet fish is like, just like a horse. So, you know? yeah. It's like <laughs> horse energy. Okay, fine. My rage text is to anybody who's like, coming for Meghan Markle for like speaking her truth, literally suck all the dicks upside down and backwards. Like eat bags of dicks, all the dicks everywhere. Yeah, dirty, dirty from dicks one, that haven't been from, washed. From a lesbian, from a lesbian. <laughs> suck on all them dicks. I, I don't understand people not getting her getting to tell her side of the story. That's my rage text for sure. All right. Well, I love you. And this was, this, this felt like a good like little therapy session just to like vent it all out. Girl, I am lay triggered by some of the stuff that happened in that. But I'm proud of Megan. She gives everybody hope oh, she that does. you're allowed to tell your side of the story and stand up to bullies. Exactly. Right? All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Until next time, be kind to yourself. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review. Follow along on social at Music Kills Kate and tune in next week for an all new episode. 